Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of Clubhouse Conversations. Uh, this is part two of the interview with uh, Alan Southern. I uh, hope you enjoyed part one. If you haven't listened to it yet, go back and check it out. Um, you'll be able to find it on Spotify, YouTube, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, in it, Al speaks sort of about his uh, his early days in in hockey, his um, his time with Pembroke throughout the throughout the years, and uh, particularly his experiences with that sort of super group back in the late two thousands um, and their sort of really dominant period throughout Irish hockey. Um, part two is coming up. We pick up pretty much exactly where we left off. Um, Al's just sort of gotten his second chance with the with the Irish team, um, and he picks up from there. Um, but first, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone that has listened so far. Uh, thank you to the club for providing the platform, and most importantly, thank you so much to all the guests that gave up their time to come on and talk to me uh, over the last ten episodes. Um, it really was a pleasure doing it. Uh, I've enjoyed it immensely. We may or may not do more episodes. Uh, it'll, it'll depend on, on time and scheduling and stuff. But um, it's been an absolute blast to talk to people and just sit down and spend some time talking with club members and hockey legends. And um, yeah, hopefully we hopefully we go for some more. Uh, stay tuned in the future. Uh, but for now, uh, this is the last one of the series or season or whatever you want to call it. Um, so hope you enjoy it. Make sure you like, subscribe, pass it on, share it around. Uh, let everybody know about it um but yes no massive thank you from from me uh it's been a a really wonderful experience um so without further ado here is episode 10 alan southern part two and we hope you enjoy you've only just coming back into it so you can understand the sort of the hurt of that but it maybe doesn't have the effect on you that having been more involved over that year and whatnot might have had but um how did then that that the sort of devastation of that from the whole group how does that then inform the next four-year cycle because obviously then you guys really kick on and even you know how did how did the setup change did you guys start doing things differently how did that then involve to the point where you're now qualifying for Rio and playing in Rio? It was, <clears throat> there was, you know, it was, it was tough after that. The guys were they're like, there was, there was a real, a lot of the guys were very broken after that, like in terms of like, just mentally of like how close it was and the way it happened in the end where, you know, Korea score with seven seconds to go and there's no, you, you barely take tip and the final whistle is gone and that's it, yeah. you know. And it's not just, oh, I've lost the game. It's like four years and a dream, you know. But we had a bit of a lull for probably, geez, when... So Revs left after 2012 and Andrew Meredith came in and a lot of people wouldn't have a lot of good things to say, (laughs) but... My positive for Andrew Meredith is that I got my chance again and um, I came in, in, I came back into the squad fully again in 2013 um, and went to the World League in India and was my first tournament back and I was top goal scorer at the tournament. Again, like, again, like alongside, like I was, was, I was joined top goal scorer with um, uh, Raghunath from India, who was like, world around drag flicker and all my goals were from play because I wasn't 
flicking for Ireland at that stage, you know. And so it was really that for me was a that was a huge moment. And that again made me feel like, you know, okay, I'm I'm back in here and I can like I'm showing again what my worth is and and you know that I need to be at this level and playing at this level. And also showed me, you know, I really want to be at this level. Missing out and being injured and not getting not being involved, my hunger grew even more for to get back in there and to get to the Olympics and to get to the World Cup and to you know be back in playing on that level. You know? Yeah, that uh, sort of allows you to, I suppose, if you if you're continuously going, unless you're super driven, there can be a staleness or whatever that that kind of can come in. Whereas maybe that came at the right time where you've you've got the tools. You've got new experiences and tools at Den Bosch and stuff and uh, playing at that level. You've, you've seen stuff through Pembroke and everything. Then you're not quite making it in, but now you've got, you've got an even bigger base to draw from to try and get yourself back there. That, that little bit probably helps you a little bit of sort of trouble and, and missing out stuff helps you then, like you said, gives you more hunger. It rekindles the fire. It keeps you going then for another few years and like what a few years, but there like, to be able to come out top scorer with a guy that's on drag flicks, like you know yourself as a drag flicker, like you rake up goals, you you rack up goals, like no doubt. But to be able to do that without a single like corner goal involved, that's often play, that's huge, and that must massively boost your confidence then going in, going forwards. Um, so what kind of came next after World League? Was there a World Cup cycle first, and then into into uh, Olympics, or how, how did that? We we missed out on that on that World League cycle. Then we we missed out on the World Cup that year, um, and then um, Meredith left, and that's when Ned came in, and again had the exact same, if not a better impact. Just no, probably the exact same in that, but just to a bigger group. But came in as the Irish coach and just like was knew what he wanted, knew what he needed to do to get there. And he, he laid it out to all of us. We sat, I remember we sat in UCD and there was like 25 of us there. And he was like, this is what you need to do. And this is how we're going to do it. And at the end of this, if we can do this and we do it well and we push each other, we will go to the Olympic Games and we'll do these things and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll achieve, we can achieve. And we knew we had the players, you know, we, that, was a, that was a fantastic group of, of athletes, you know, they're really like exceptional hockey players in every position and like not just one like two or three of of in each position yeah. um, you had a bit of depth now as well so you know one steps out you're not screwed you've you've got yeah. people to draw on it's huge yeah big time big time and um, so net like that ned was like the catalyst for that and, and came in and really pushed us and, and 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 brought us on to that next level i remember like that we went out and we we got we 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 got so much fitter we were just and like that, that, that relentless, that just every day pushing and pushing and just waking up, what can I do today to get better? What can I do today to, to get closer to my goal of what I want to do, you know? Um, and that, like, look, it, it paid dividends in the end. Yeah, physically, I suppose, like, we can talk about, we'll talk about the hockey as well, but, like, physically, was there change in, like, S&C personnel with Sport Ireland or anything, or... Was there like new resources made open to you? Like, how did because you did, you could definitely see like everyone up to the new level, the like fittest ever seen those group of players uh, be in. You yep. know, was there a change there? It, it, 
when I first came into the group in 20, 20 what's that? in 2006, 2007, it was all about the gym and it was about getting stronger and lifting weights and getting stronger and pushing. But at the end of the day, hockey's a running game. So you can be as strong as you want and you can be lifting all the weights you want, but if you can't run and you can't, if your aerobic fitness isn't at the required level, it, like, it doesn't matter how strong you are. You know, you just, like, all you can do is, like, shove people off the ball. Do you know what I mean? Like, when play is a little bit dead. So when Ned came in, he really brought that back to, to earth and it was kind of like, you know, we, we, we've always had great support. Like, SNC-wise has been brilliant, but it was more of a, you know, SNC wasn't as like strong strength based. It became more power based, and then it was all just about running and running and running. And and that from probably twenty fourteen on, you know, I don't I don't recall ever before. We used to like obviously in preseason you do like running sessions and stuff like that, but we never like we never did like running like we never like you do a bleep test, yeah. But like you wouldn't do any training for to build your aerobic capacity. Yeah, so that was all built into the drills and stuff and how they were constructed to make sure you sort of ran as much uh, as intensely as possible. Yeah, and like, to be fair, Revs kind of was bringing that in before as well, like, you know, um, but that 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 was the biggest takeaway from that is that, like, look, like, hockey's a running game and you guys need to be as fluid as you can be when you're running and moving. And if we can do that, we have enough hockey um hockey skill to be able to get us, you know, let us fight with these bigger nations or so-called bigger nations. Yeah. And that's fair. Cause you started, there was around that time you got like Australia were a bunch of mutants and you heard stories coming out of there about like them doing like double like bleep tests and stuff. Rightly yeah. wrongly. Like you can argue you whether that was test. the thing to be doing. Bleep test while riding a new one at the same time. Like it's like, yeah. Like insane. And then and even the Dutch, like they, they have been, they've excelled in this sort of fitness and stuff. And you've seen in the women's side a little bit where the U S have made up for almost all their lack of skill with just insane work ethic and fitness levels. And that's huge, but it's really interesting that you like most of that work was done without having to actually do any mindless running or without very minimum mindless running. So there is always a balance there. I suppose you need, you just need to be strong enough and robust enough to not break and to maximize how much you can get out of, but even like the sticks now, as they start changing, you know, they're lighter, you can get more out of them. You can get more rebound out of them. So, you can kind of make up for you don't have to be super strong to be able to swing that thing super fast anymore all that stuff has nicely come together into this into into what we have now in the modern game um so then yes yeah, so you start going in and you qualify what was qualifying and finally getting over that line knowing you're now going to an olympics what was that like it was uh like <laughs> so we went to Again, we that was a that that year was I was in uh, Brussels that year playing in racing and everyone it was it, it was the right time for that group you know like everyone was kind of coming toward I was 20, 27. you know like everyone was kind of getting to those kind of like the years where we had experience like we were all kind of around a hundred caps or over a hundred caps and and you know at the end of the day like experience tells a lot at that level, do you know, like, you know, you can have, like, look, there are some freaks that come out and they've got like no caps and they're just, they just like dazzle from the word go. But 
there's not many of them in Ireland and uh, certainly none that I've ever seen or can see coming through now you know like you have to you have to gain this experience and and you have to do it but we went to uh, Antwerp and we played World League 3 which was like the qualifying tournament so if you came in the top four you qualified directly for Rio and then uh, place five and six were likely to qualify but would have to wait for kind of like to see how the continental championships played out and stuff like that. So we went in and we were, we were, we had trained really hard. We had had a great tournament in world league two in San Diego and we won that. Um, and we went to world league three and we had a tough group. We had GB, Belgium and Malaysia in our group. And mm-hmm. um, all three, like, 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 like three of us, three out of the four ended up playing in the Olympics, but like Malaysia could have easily played in the Olympics as well. Yeah. Like that, like, you know, they were also Malaysia really kind of were over all those years, like we played each other from probably 20, 2009 onwards up until kind of that time. And we were always kind of neck and neck in terms of, you know, they were, they were so fast and technically really good, but mentally they kind of, that's where we had the, the one up on them. Um, we went into that tournament and we we did well in the end. And we obviously, we came fifth in the end. We lost out. We we had to play the fifth and sixth place play. You went into this like, kind of like subgroup of four. So it was like ourselves, Malaysia, France and Pakistan. And two of those four were playing off for potentially the Olympics kind of thing. Or... Generally, what they said, like if we if we came fifth, we would probably have a good chance of going if we if we could. So we played Pakistan on the first day, and like Pakistan, like superstars, like like powerhouse of world hockey for ever, like had been at every single Olympic Games until this one, and and we played them on the in the. The first day in the playoff, and we uh, we beat them one nil, and like that was yeah that was again that was like a it was a a history making moment, not only not only not only to do it but like to be for Ireland to beat Pakistan it was like you know it was on like it was national news back in Pakistan like it was you know like it was incredible incredible and I'll never forget that um. And then we played, then we had to play um, Malaysia again because Malaysia beat France. And we played Malaysia and Malaysia had beaten us earlier in the tournament in the group stages, 3-1, I think, or like, and we're good for it. And, but they were never going to get through us on that day. We beat them 4-1 and that was, you know, we were, we came fifth and as things ran out, Australia, if it was, you know, as much as that, but like, we needed Australia to beat New Zealand, which is like, you know, like it's fairly, it, it would happen any other year, but of course this could be the one year that it wouldn't happen, but they did in the end and we, and we made it into Rio from that. And it was, it was incredible. It really, it was, it was dream stuff. Like, you know, it was, it was lifetime, certainly for me. And I know for a lot of all the other guys, for me, it was my dream come true. That was, you know, to qualify for the, to go to the Olympics was, all I ever wanted in in anything. Yeah. Not only just in hockey, that was my life goal, you know, at that point of what I wanted, you know. So it was fantastic. 
to finally get there and finally do it. Yeah. Like the the it really is the it's kind of the pinnacle. Like there there's World Cups and there's there's you know fancier leagues, but really the pinnacle for hockey really is the Olympics. Like yeah. that's it. That is it. And it's amazing. And then you hit that. So then the the big moment, like going over to Rio. Like tell us about that. Cause I'm sure it's gonna be a very, very different Olympic experience this time around when the girls go and I feel very sorry for them that they have to go through that but i have no doubt we'll see another team in there at some stage but tell us tell us yeah. about that so you're down in brazil um walking into the olympic village for the first time and and all that comes with it yeah like it's you know it, it feels like 100 years ago but it's not do you know what i mean like it was just it was amazing it was that year was the most intense and the hardest year physically and mentally that I've probably ever had and may ever have, you know, we, that was, that was tough. And the hard thing is going to the Olympics, it's only 16 names. So all, all of a sudden, like every tournament that you've ever gone to, there's 18 people, there's 18 in a squad. The Olympics is 16. And not only do you know that like, you know, the could like, you know, if, if you didn't get selected for the Olympics, like that was your dream. Like I would have like that would have been it. Like in that, or could have been it, in that you you may you may you'll never get that moment again, kind of thing. When we walked into the village, it was my birthday the day I went into the village. Wow. So we had double the celebration. It was great. We went in and like that, it was we'd we'd been to so many tournaments over the years. And this is the, the beauty of the Olympics, isn't actually in the tournament because it's just a hockey tournament. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's all of the everything around it and like being in the village with like all of a sudden you're at this multi-sport event and you're mixing it with like Serena Williams and like 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 all these massive names like out there, like in every single sport every discipline like and um, like Simone Biles and um, all these people like walking around like in the dining hall and you're like oh my god like you see that person like you know like it it really it really was it was it was it was an experience that i will i'm so glad to have i'm so so lucky and and happy and glad to have been involved in that and to have gotten to um live through that it was it was incredible it really was incredible yeah so making the dream it lived up to the lived up to the hype it did and like so many people say to me like you know tell us about the Olympics. Was it everything that you thought? And I was like, you know what? I actually not going to lie. It is exactly as I always thought it would be, you know? Amazing. Stunning. And, and I know there's obviously thousands of athletes that get into it, but there's a few Irish athletes. The number that come out of here is, is few enough. And to be in that group and not, not only that, like you're the first team sport to have qualified for Ireland, I think, isn't it? And then the girls yeah. are the second, like, yeah huge and really leading the charge for sport and then it op- like you said it opens the doors for for so much after that um do you have any particular memories from the olympics that that stand out oh um yeah like there's a few like just every day waking up and the buzz of the village was like really exciting you know it was really great the I'll never forget we played India on the first day in the first game and I remember after the game I remember singing the anthem and lining out and being on the pitch playing and I remember after the game we lost and geez it was a tough game but like 
we were um we were well in it all the way up and i remember going over and steph was over um and my parents obviously were there my sister was there and her husband and we were warming down on the little pitch on the side and went over to the fence and they came over and they were like hard luck are you and i was like oh it's safe like you know we lost like you know it was wasn't good and then they were like you know um, I think it was my sister was like you're an Olympian and I was like not I like obviously still like didn't it wasn't like oh yeah great you know for that, that's it it doesn't matter that we lost you know but I remember just <clears throat> kind of that kind of hit me and I was like yeah we're here like we're we're mixing it now this is this is where we've always wanted to be and now we're doing it and look let's we lost that game but let's kick on and try and you know make it right in the next game but you know that yeah we like all of us that was all we want we have always wanted to I know every hockey athlete that like you said the pinnacle is the Olympics and you want to get there and then it kind of it comes around and then you're there and we were there and yeah that was it was it really was incredible that was that was that was a really strong I'll never forget I remember can almost like when I'm talking about it, I can almost feel like the fence where I was like holding and like talking to everyone, like and then saying that. But then there was there was man, there's so many memories of the Olympics that were amazing. Like the hockey-wise, and um, playing against Argentina on the last day. So we needed to we needed to I think we drew with them. We went through. Argentina obviously ended up winning gold, so we didn't. And it was, we were two all with five minutes to go. Wow. And they beat us three, two. And like, but there was like thousands of people in the stadium. And like the North American team in South uh, America. Yeah, all like Argentinian. And like the noise, uh, like, like I'm thinking about it now as I'm saying to you, like it was just, that was a special experience playing that game it was at night time as well so like lights everything it was just it, it that was that was really special um and then just after that then just like getting to meet these like i like like going around like like that met simone biles met like martin keimer and the williams sisters and like like you're just you're walking around day to day with these people like queuing up for lunch with them and like you know it was just that is just you know like I said, when I was like 15, I was like talking about like these Dutch hockey players, but sure, they were just we, like at that stage, like half of them were our friends and we were like, ah, those lads, like, you know, whereas like now you're in with the big time and it's like proper, like, you know, that, that it was just, it was a, a once in a lifetime experience, like, you know. Yeah, it's a bit of a sort of equalizer and leveler. You've got like someone likes like the, the Williams sisters, like they're not just the best in their sport, like they are famous around the world you don't even have to follow tennis and you'll know who they are that's that that's incredible and you've got everyone just coming together into that one that's that's possibly going to be one of the hardest parts for the athletes who if if tokyo 2020 or 2021 whatever they're going to call it if that goes ahead that's probably going to be one of the biggest things that they're going to miss out because it's probably just going to feel like a hockey tournament and yeah i'm strange about that yeah yeah i did that'd be tough really tough um, okay, so then you're coming out then of of the Olympics and the highs and 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 that. How does then what happens next? You know, uh, 
there was there was a European medal somewhere along the line. Was that after the Olympics? That was before the Olympics. Before so it was in 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 the same summer that we won. Like we got our spot for the Olympics, we went to the Europeans, and again, like like the like for me actually watching the Europeans over the years, you had like the Europeans is the Europeans was is a tougher tournament than the Olympics. You've got six of the best countries in the world battling it off, you know, and you know Ireland was always just like if we can stay in the A division, that's a win. And all of a sudden we came out and we yeah like that 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 for me is a that's a better memory and a that's one that I'll always like winning that bronze medal is like you know the others were brilliant but they're memories and they're photographs. Whereas like physically to have a bronze medal from a European A division, you know, in the year before an Olympic Games, like Belgium won uh, silver and we knocked them out of the top four. Wow. The year before, you know, like it was, that was, that was, that was, that was incredible. That was amazing. Amazing. That's pretty special. And must give you like, there's plenty of things along the way that obviously give you the confidence to know that, you know, we're, we're meant to be here. This is our time, but now to actually have proof of that, I'd say fills you with a lot more going into the Olympics um, and fueled you a little bit more um, and must've helped in that year being like, wow, we're on the right track. Or yeah. if, I, if I might be devil's advocate a little bit, do you think that would that potentially have fed into a little bit of uh, complacency or did it kick on? No, it, it, that, kind of gave that that was like you know like if say say we because we very could have we very easily could have gone to that europeans and been relegated like you know it that's the the, the margins at, at the, the european a division are like they're so slim and like you know in 2017 then we went to a europeans like that and we lost out we were playing england for um a chance to go to the semi-finals and we lost to them and we we should have eaten them and we nearly got relegated and they won bronze you know what i mean so it's like that's how close it is it's 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 so fine in in that tournament as, as a whole but no i think that that bronze medal just gave us confidence yeah. huge um so then so then we will go back to sort of uh or go forward even we're finishing up with the with the olympics what happens next irish hockey wise then there how, how do you come back from those highs it was it so you know the big thing was is that it wasn't just a one-time thing you know we want to now be like we have to play at that point we had the players and we had the structure and we had everything for to be consistently qualifying for these big events and you know like the bulk of that group was only 28 at the olympics yeah, so you could easily, you could you could have easily gone on to Tokyo and and maybe a World Cup beyond that, you know, and maybe being 33, 34 kind of thing at that point. But I think the wheels fell off a little bit um in Irish hockey and we yeah, it it we we actually went on and the year after we played more hockey the year after than we did in the year leading up to um the games. We played we qualified for the World Cup in 2018, and that summer we played um, the World Cup qualifier in Joburg and the Europeans in Amsterdam. And Joburg was the first time we had qualified for a tournament at a tournament 
So we beat New Zealand in the playoff for to qualify for the World Cup. So on the pitch, we got to celebrate like, you know, with the big banner, like going to World Cup. Like, and that was, that was, so at that point I was like, you know, this is, this is us now. We're qualifying for these events. This is going to keep coming and we're going to keep doing it. And, and that was, that was, that tournament was as good a memory and, and as good an experience as any of the others. That was amazing. You know, and to get to go to a World Cup then in India was also amazing, you know, the home of hockey. Yeah, absolutely. I can only imagine like the crowds and everything there must have been insane. Yeah. Um, and tell us a little bit about that experience then. Is that sort of where the like you said, the the wheels sort of started falling off? Um, or had that started to come in the build up and it was like, Oh god, we actually have to get through this now. For India. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The... So Ned Ned obviously left after Ned left in the summer leading up to the World Cup. So like the World Cup was in December and he left in August. So like, you know, short turnaround time for to get a new coach in and to get things going and to, you know, in the lead up to a big tournament. Um, And yeah, you could see the, the, coach that was appointed was the wrong person um, and he lost the group and the group changed you know in that and we still went to that world cup and we were a good team but we were playing a style of game that just didn't suit us at all and you saw that then in the the results of it you know didn't go well um, but again still one of my favorite tournaments ever so the experience and the being in india playing a world cup the home hockey big crowds loads of noise big stadium just incredible life experience you know yeah huge Uh, yeah it's a it's a it's a funny one i suppose you almost at that point so close to a tournament you need to find someone who's going to just be able to sort of bring the past coaches literally get you over the line you know, maybe you don't need to change anything. You know, the team was the team was successful and was good and 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 was, you know, had guys who like we'd been in there, like I'd been in the squad for 12 years, you know, like there's there's enough experience there in the elder players for to be able to say, okay, look, I'm just here to give you the you know the A's and the B's, but you guys really need to push it on. And we could have done that, but you know, anyway, say so be. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Maybe maybe a time with with the, the space and not in a build up of a tournament. Maybe a future coach or a, a potential coach, but not in that scenario, obviously. And it didn't end that well uh, for anyone, even a year on afterwards when he when they stepped away as well. Um, yeah. So obviously, amazing like career and and you've done so much. Um, you might tell us a little bit. It's not been the most easy thing because you're you're a you're a type one diabetic. It's it has huge impact on energy levels and everything um and i'm sure there's plenty of people that get um diagnosed with some sort of autoimmune disease something that they have going along and all of a sudden it's all well i can't do this i can't do that and i can't do this i mean you've shown with that you can go on and be an olympian you know tell us tell us a little bit about your um about your your journey with with type 1 diabetes well geez um yeah it's being uh like you know that meme where it's like 
the path to success and it's like a straight line and then like the other one is like just like going mental that's essentially you know the way it has been in my life like it's I was diagnosed when I was in first year in school and so there was so many changes happening anyway at that stage of my life like you know like new into a secondary school all these different things going on um but you know the the one question I remember asking when I was diagnosed my one question was will I still be able to play can I still like can I still play sport can I can I still play hockey is that and they were like of course you can and that will ring with me forever because you know they could have said oh well it'll be tough and then maybe all of a sudden that's the the memory you have and that's what you take with you moving out of it but there of course you can was that and for me you know I've it it's a lot of work and it was it was it was a lot of work throughout my career and there was there was good moments and there was bad moments as well of it you know but if anything when I look back on it it helped me in making me uh a stronger athlete and I got to know my body so much better than I would have ever had to do before yeah. you know I had to really become one with my body which I like sounds like such a I became one with my body but like it did I, I really had to get to know my body I had to get to know it well and I had to get to know what worked for me like like nutrition wise and and you know fluids wise and everything and and more so than any like like day to day like you can go in and just like oh, I'm hungry eat a sandwich off I go Whereas I like I'm, I run through about 30 questions before I even come to that point of like, okay, what am I going to eat here? Or what's the, how is it all planning out? You know, um, but it became, I, I became a better athlete because of it. And I like that. I, I got to know myself a lot more. Um, and yeah, it was, it's, I've only ever looked at it as a positive, which I suppose is look, yeah, you have like a lot of people say that, but like I really honestly do. I, I honestly do. I think I'm lucky for to have this knowledge about myself and about what works for me and what doesn't work for me. Yeah. Does the I suppose you mentioned like you mentioned nutrition, obviously it's the, the whole the whole thing. Like it's the inability to regulate insulin. You don't produce any insulin. Don't produce any insulin, yeah. So your blood sugar starts going through the roof. So you have to be very careful with you what you eat. I wonder did did that help so obviously you know to be a finely tuned athlete you do nutrition uh, i remember a lecturer saying um nutrition won't make uh an average athlete great but a bad diet will make a great athlete average so from that point of view i suppose you already have to you have a reason to be very particular about your diet and and be very careful of it anyone that doesn't have that issue is like you know there's always the opportunity to be like oh maybe i will have this all right and there's there's a treat here and there's whatever there and and usually it's junk food because it's that's the sugary stuff that tastes nice you know how do you think that benefited you then because you actually had to really take care of your diet that allowed you then fuel better from that point of view it did because what it did like aside from everything else it just made me learn more about what's good and what's not good i'm like what not, not even like there's no good and bad but like what what was going to make me better what was going to make me like that like I, I said is that I used to wake up every day and say what can I what can I do better than yesterday how can I get better than yesterday how can I get better and um, and knowing what was going to fuel my body for to you know really push on and 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 just be 
a better Alan Southern on the pitch and, you know, give the most that I could to whatever team or whatever space I was in. Um, and that, that really helped me, you know, I, I like that. I, I suppose I, I learned, I learned about nutrition to, to probably a greater level than any average person would because I needed to, and I knew then what would, what, what was going to, what was going to help in, in, in being able to achieve that, you know? Yeah. And then what, what would be, don't want to talk i'm trying not to talk about it in any negative way or anything but like the biggest challenge to keeping going then for you what was that was that just you know the fact that you have to monitor your blood sugar all the time like you, I, having played with you you know it's like straight in at half time quarter time checking in on on your bloods and everything what was being the biggest challenge and maybe how you overcame that um throughout sort of your career or maybe it was changing so maybe there's not one that you could pinpoint yeah i um it is. It's something that I'm like, like anyone that uh, certainly anyone that's played with me in the last probably ten years would be like, like. So if you didn't know when you came in, you'd be like, "What the hell's he doing here?" Like, you know, what's what's going on? But yeah, that's just part of my routine now. Like, I like that any chance if I come off at any stage, if I'm, I just like to know. Uh, like, you know, uh, like I have a good enough, I have a good enough sense anyway that I, I like if I feel like I'm a little bit, if my sugars are a little bit off, I can feel it. Yeah, you know, I know myself, um, but it's um, it's good to know and good to have that kind of record of it and good to keep it in on that level. Whereas when I first was diagnosed, I used to just take like two injections a day and they were these giant needles and it was like a mix of like fast and slow acting. Whereas now I have this little pen that's like, you know, and like I'm still behind, like like kids now are like their pump and all these things, like, you know, it's the technology and the the, the stuff out there for it is is really is amazing. Um but yeah, it's just just, you know, sorry, I've lost train of thought here completely. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it I suppose that helped. Like you said, you you came to become very in tune with 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 your body and learning and I suppose you can't do that without information. So to be able to check in during matches, like I feel a little bit low, check in. Yep. Do you know what? Actually, I'm a little bit low. Cool. You start to get a, a better sense of what those feelings as well actually mean and, and how much you can sort of, I suppose, listen into them. Yeah. Sorry. I know you were saying before that question that this is where I was getting to is the hardest thing I think for me was that, and, and I'm, I'm way better at it now, but like at, at first, if things were off, like if I checked my blood sugar during a match and it was maybe a little bit high or, you know, a little bit low, it's hard to manage it in that space, in that moment, in within a game. Do you know what I mean? Like you could be going back on the pitch in two minutes time and I'm thinking, well, geez, like if I took a little bit of insulin, will I go low then? Or will I just let it ride out? And like, you know, just deal with it after the game. Like, I'm not, I don't feel that bad. Or if you're a little bit low, then you're like, like rifling like dextrose tablets in, trying to like bring it back up again. And then you have the, the opposite side of it where it can go too high. And like, you know, that, that was probably the, the really difficult side of it, which I got better at just allowing it to like, like naturally anyway like your your body will with adrenaline your sugar levels will start going up a little bit anyway so it's just it's a natural kind of thing like you just kind of need to be happy with it and not yeah. not whereas at the start maybe i would have like freaked out at that and being like oh my god i'm screwed i'm gonna die <laughs> you know yeah 
it does not necessarily and you you're there you, you're in the the heat of a game like whatever about a training session like in a match and you've got to figure out okay well what have i been doing what do i need to do next and trying to think about all those and then also trying to like yeah am i going to die on the pitch if i go back out here and trying to worry about that like as much as i laugh about it that's like like that could like do you know what i mean like you like yeah you, i could collapse on the pitch and then it's like okay shit that's not good <laughs> yeah. i'm i'm still a bit uh now that now that you mentioned it and you think about it i'm surprised over the years there hasn't been a little bit more uh and maybe this is you just being a little bit more private but like we probably should have been prepped or maybe there's someone in the club or on the sideline or whatever that is prepped or no but like no i don't think anyone like if you collapsed would anyone in the team know what to do probably not no (laughs) (laughs) but to be fair now i like I would never let it get to that point of, you know, I don't like, and not to be like, oh, you know, because it could have, but like on a game day, anyway, like my parents are always generally there, yeah, or like Seth is there, and like, like they know well what to do straight if there's it, but I, like I'm so aware of it, and especially the awareness is heightened even more when I'm training because I know I have to be. So like like you would have seen over the years where I'm just like I go off and I just sit for a while and it's like what's I'm so oh, I'm just a little bit low I need to you know take ten minutes and bring it back up and and then I'll be grand you know but um, yeah <laughs> now that you say it <laughs> in Ireland I'm sure you got a physio or a team doctor or something but yeah. uh, with yeah. the lads it's uh, uh what do we do now why is he not fucking training <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jesus uh, that's something. I, how do you I suppose you just have to tune out the noise because you know you know yeah. what it's just you yeah. just got to tune that out but um, I suppose the, the last thing then on that maybe or, or unless there's anything you want to add I suppose is what advice would you give to say a kid or someone you know who has who's been given something like this what advice would you give to them um, in, in how they self, maybe they've got a dream like yourself to, to go on to the Olympics and have, have got this diagnosis or whatever sometimes you see in school and it's like oh i've got such and such a diagnosis and they just oh and it's like the wind's knocked out of their sails and they don't necessarily recover or it's a crutch it's an excuse how do yeah. you maybe some advice to turn that into a positive because as, as you've done i think like if i was giving advice to my younger self being diagnosed now i would say look like absolutely the biggest thing for me was being told that like nothing is impossible you know like yeah, look, you have this and you have to deal with it, but it won't derail what you want to do. Do you know what I mean? As long as you deal with it well and you you learn about it and you get to know it, you can achieve anything you want to, you know. Um, and and the biggest thing for me would just like learn is learn like anything, like 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 look, I always wanted to be like a hockey player, a goal scorer, all these things. So what did I do? I was out in the pitch like that on a Friday, on a Saturday hours just hitting a ball hitting a ball learn about it get to know it the more time you spend reading on it and and you know letting your getting getting your information right about it and getting to know it getting to know your own body you can you can it it, like like i said before it'll benefit you more than it'll hinder you yeah knowledge is power i suppose in that in that realm big time yeah so we've gone we've gone over over the hockey stuff and we've gone over sort of your your how you've dealt with diabetes but then the last few years obviously we've had covid so that's you know that's a break you've been on the pitch since you're a kid you know there's there's been that started to wind down your your irish stuff so 
I suppose tell us tell us a little bit now that you the last few years tell us what's what sort of now and next I know off off camera you sort of mentioned about how that's some of the things that you're finding the most exciting is how do you deal with life now maybe not necessarily without hockey because it's still there to some degree but you know the next sort of phase of your life it was unlike anything I suppose when you like look I I stopped playing in the Irish side when I was I was in Ghent that year so I went away that year for like that was a big part of it was going to the World Cup and like being in the best position possible for it to be at that World Cup because you kind of then hold the full deck of cards in terms of Olympics World Cup like as a career you know and so I didn't want to miss that opportunity um, but I would honestly say from I still don't think I have played my best hockey yet yes um, I feel more at ease on the pitch now than I ever did do you know what I mean like I, I just think as because physically I think we all It's, it'll be interesting to see now. I'm really excited to get back and get playing again. But I always, I just, I feel now more confident on the pitch and more at ease with what I'm doing and everything than I ever did, you know. And 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 I think that just comes with experience and with age and like that's a natural progression into in where you get to. And um, hopefully, my body can keep up when when we finally get out there again. But um, so I came back from Ghent that summer, um, and. I was very lucky to get engaged, um, which was something that I had been planning for the year before. So part of the reason of going to Ghent was also in that, you know, and you know there was a good contract there, and I thought, okay, this is a good space for to go and do this, and you know, um, put myself in the right line to be able to propose um, at the end of the year. So we did that, and then, and then we had. Then I started work. I was looking for a job um, and I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to get into, I've always had like a big passion of mine is just like like clothing and style and like fashion and that kind of side of things. Um, which I don't, not many people might know that kind of thing, but it really is. It's, it, it's a, I find it like such a way of expressing myself and getting to express myself in, you know, so I wanted to get into that line of work and I didn't have experience in it before because obviously I wasn't working in retail in the summers. I was off in Poland and Holland or wherever playing hockey or doing these things. Um, but I got an interview in Duns and I went into Duns and I'm now part of the menswear buying team in Duns. Um, and I'm almost two years there and that, yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm learning every day, like, you know, I, I, I spent all my 20s, so, you know, everyone else comes out of college and goes into working, and it's great, and that's the way they do, but I, like, I didn't have that, so I came out of, I came out of the other side of it, now I've got other life experiences that other people won't have, and they, they stand to me, you know, every day, in, you know, I mean, it's, you're essentially just in another team, it's just not on a pitch, you know, you're, in an office or, or at the moment work from home and um, and yeah I love it I, I love it I'm, I'm it's really challenging me but 
you know we all need that and everyone needs that but um yeah i, I enjoy it and and I'm, I'm really excited for what the the next few years have to to hold in that in that space for sure so i'll come back to one of the things you said uh, slightly earlier and your comfortability on the pitch and and it's something that i i would say i like i would have noticed particularly maybe this preseason uh yeah it would have been this preseason um the bit of hockey that we did get to play you know in friendlies you're i would have said by the looks of it you're covering more ground you're playing more of a leadership role stepping up that like bringing your experience more more to the fore i've never seen you i don't think i've ever seen you sort of back in the d doing doing some defending seeing that this year it was huge like the comfortable all just the i thought you got around the pitch and were firing again and hungry that hunger was I don't know if it ever went, but it certainly was was back and very very evident to see. Um, but I, I it was it was interesting you said because that's that's probably the best way to to sum it up was the like as you said feel more comfortable in there and feel more comfortable on the pitch. Um, for, for despite having been there for so long, do you think um, stepping away from from Ireland allowed you that was necessary and and you needed to do that to be able to give you the freedom you know to to put more time into your relationship with staff and 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 make that leap to sort of become follow the fashion and stuff um and do you see you know you said you still have some of your best hockey in you do you see a world in which you can bring the two back together in terms of playing for ireland again or yeah, do you in think that? still there or do you think that door is closed i no i never like i never formally retired yeah uh, because I, I I don't feel the need to I don't I don't need the pats on the back or the you know the an article written of whatever if there even would be kind of thing but no I if I still think I'm the best goal scorer in Ireland and I if there was ever a need for me in a one-off game or if you know yeah I would go and play but life moves on and we go and do different things and that's look there's a next generation coming through and and you know like look I would go and even coach and help like in terms of teaching some of my skill set if I could and but for me I think just as much as I loved my hockey career and the the Irish stuff and everything from that my life feels so much more complete now than it did when I was doing that you know like to be an athlete and to be an elite athlete at those levels you have to be so selfish and it's not something you can do forever obviously um, and it's not something that I would even want to do forever I love nothing more now than the space that I'm in and that Steph and I are in and that like what we have now in comparison to where maybe three years ago when I was living the dream and like abroad playing in a brilliant club earning good money you know doing something that you love doing but do you know what like there's more to life than that and that's what i'm finding out now every day and it's it's uh it's really exciting and it's it's really nice and and like to touch back on what you were saying about you know oh like you saw me like now the club is like for for years the club wasn't my focus like it was my focus on a saturday but it was always about ireland and about international hockey and about what you were doing at that level so but 
this year I was so excited to get in and to be playing with the lads again and to be part of that group and to not only just be like a oh Al's not here this week he's away in Holland playing games or they're the Irish team are training so he can't train tonight I could be at everything and I could be doing everything and I could be involved in everything and I could be like you said I could be pushing myself to show others that like geez he's 34 and he's not like he's not shirking out of doing that or he's you know he's putting in the work and he's doing this you know it's you can really I learned it over the years and I learned it from looking up to guys like there was no one at my age playing when I was even in that team do you know what I mean like I, but I'm happy to play on to, if I could play till I'm 40 I will you still have that, still have that love and hunger for the game, which is amazing. I love, especially. I love it so much, and I love the club so much, and I want to be successful, and I want the club to be successful, and I want to be part of it. So I'll play for, play till my legs fall off. <laughs> You're in first, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're rolling out for the vets at some stage. Oh, stop! Wait for those days. Uh, no, it's it's fascinating to get that kind of insight, especially from from someone like you it's fair to say like you said you know it was your focus and you had the ability to be able to make it your focus and it's not easy in in hockey because it's not a professional sport for the most part obviously you've had stints where you've been able to do it professionally and, and whatnot but really there's a lot of sacrifice that has gone into that to to you know not be starting into a career and to be coming out of that fresh and you know we had we had Aoife Lane on here and, and she works with the rugby players and stuff and like part of part of the whole point of that was to make sure they prepared people for off the pitch and whatnot. And I'm sure it's not, you've either got to try and live two lives at the same time, which, you know, possibly wouldn't have been as, as successful for in your particular circumstance that if you didn't have that freedom to be able to just focus on, on hockey and, and make that, make that all yours. So you've either got to split yourself, take one and take the hit and then hopefully come out the other side. Or as, mm -hmm. and as you've done here, like you're showing that, you you can now move on and you've done that very successfully and very quickly it looks like you know it was a very not maybe it might not have been smooth with you i'm sure there's there's good days and bad days but it certainly seems to be a relatively seamless transition of like do you know what that stuff is done and this is what we're going with and you're so content with it as well which i think is great to see that there's no no regrets look no looking back being like do you know what actually i'm happy i'm happy here this is kind of better yeah, it is though, and it's it's like, you know, I'm happy that I, you know, I made the decision for myself. You know, I I decided that I didn't want to do it anymore, and I said, okay, I'm going to step away because you know I have other goals that for me at that time and and still now, obviously now still because I'm, I'm doing, but like they excited me more and they were more pressing, and um, in like career wise and and uh, like and and like that I, i'm lucky to be saying that when i've got like the full deck in my back pocket of like i've been to the olympics i've been to the world cup I, like if we hadn't been to the olympics i probably would still be going you know what i mean like that's the kind of person i am and that like when i have a goal when i have something that i want to achieve like i'll do everything i can to get there and like you know <laughs> i could be 40 going to paris 2020 do you know what i mean like it's you you just i just that's 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 in my that's built into me and that that's the way I'll, I'll always be um but i am I'm, I'm really happy and i'm i'm like well yeah like it hasn't been like see but it's yeah it's been a nice transition and i've, I've really enjoyed it and i'm i'm excited for 
you know, bit of normality to come back into life to go back to because the guts of my working life has been, you know, from distance kind of thing, you know. So I'm looking forward to getting back into getting back into the mix again and and hopefully like that. I take that same sporting mentality of being able to progress and to get better and to be the best that I can be for wherever I am in whatever company or whatever job I'm doing, you know. It's it's great that you mentioned that because that was that's sort of becoming what I what I want to ask sort of at the end of, of everything um, is, you know, what have you been able to take? There's so much transfer in sport. And I was like, what are the lessons that you've been able to take from sport and transfer now into working man out, working uh, in, in Duns, you know, what is the lesson that you, the biggest lesson you've taken from sport over? To be honest, I think you pretty much just said it there, you know, the, the work ethic and everything, but is there anything particular that you can sort of, pinpoint to that that you've really taken from sport and carried into your work life it's it's it probably links back to what you were saying there before where you were like you seem more of a leader maybe now and these kind of but like i am more aware of a team and like you know it's it's very funny i find it like you know you find it's like hockey and like and any of the teams I would have played in over the years you would have had they they generally will place people who will work well together whereas in an office you can have they don't like a lot of the way it's not really the team is the the afterthought whereas it's like finding the individuals to fit the roles Mm -hmm. and then will they work as a team and then all of a sudden it's like maybe not I don't know you know so it's dealing with relationships and and with teams and working and that side of things has been has been fascinating and just seeing the even seeing the kind of the the higher echelons and how they work and their mindset around what it is to get the best result Mm -hmm. at the end of the financial year or whatever is you know um i find that fascinating and i think that athletes and sports people have so much to offer business and I, and look you can see it now and like there's all these mentorship programs and like you know sports people going in and talking to businesses and doing these different things because it's you know it's it's like i wouldn't i wouldn't still be like i would have like coming out of a pandemic i just started a job six months later we're in lockdown and we're working from home and you're still learning things you're still getting to know it if I didn't have my sporting background and all that went with that, I, I probably would have left the job and because it would have been too much for me, you know? Yeah. And it's, cool. it's a word yeah. we talked about before is the sort of resilience uh, on this. It's the resilience that you sort of learn as a, as an athlete, especially playing, you know, at the level you are, that it just makes you so much more resilient um, mm. and you can deal with those challenges as, as they come um, and tackle them um so what's next where what's next i suppose you, you're in that you're you know you're involved in the men's department there and the procurement where do you like where would you like to see yourself go now you you said you're, you're very much a man for setting a goal and like your olympic dream what what do you see where do you want to go with with fashion or is it very much an open book it is i um it's an open book for me i'm i'm learning every day um and I don't know where the end will be, but yeah, I I have ideas and I have thoughts and I have a goal 
mm-hmm. but um, they're for yeah. you for now. They're, they're for me for now. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But it's 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 all it, it will be in the works. But yeah, no, it's it's exciting and it's um it's great and and you know I I I, I really enjoy working in Dunes. It's great. They're a great company and and you know I've been given a lot and been shown a lot and and I've learned a lot already and you know that's only like like just like coming up to two years you know like geez like you know like generally we'll work for 30 or 40 years in our life so to think of where I can be in 20 years time it's exciting very exciting um as we start to come towards the end then um any final thoughts um maybe let's stick with the sort of with the club you've mentioned before you know you want to be a part of of getting the club back to where where it once was and where arguably it should be um but where where do you want to see the club go now next or or how do you want it to go i am just looking forward to the first day when everyone is back down in the clubhouse enjoying the clubhouse for what it is like pembroke is a family you know and it always has been for me and for you and for all of you know like like we've grown up with it there and I'm looking forward to getting back down there and and just enjoying that number one um number two that I, I just Pembroke is it's always been one to kind of push the boundaries on things and to be kind of the forerunner in like you know in in Ireland in terms of like what they've done with the with the grounds and with everything and I'm excited for I know that there is plans and there's good people in the right areas for to push that on even further you know and and I'm 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 really looking forward to, to that you know I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do with the club in the next 10 to 15 years yeah uh certainly shared like you, you said we, we have been maybe we haven't been uh picking up the ball and running with it as much in the last few years as, as we as we would have liked but certainly we have been the ones to sort of push the boundaries over the years and it'll be it'll be great to see that we, you know we've got the facilities you got the the family sort of like it is a family and um we've had people on here who have come into the club and they say you know the 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 social aspect of the club and how much of a community it is is such a a a benefit to it it would be nice to now add the what's next and just give i suppose bring push hockey on again push irish hockey on again we're the pieces are there for something very special with 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 our club they're there if we use them right and the right people are willing to it might take involve taking some risks or what and whatnot but the pieces are there for it to be the biggest and the best club and at the moment we are possibly yeah. underperforming not just on the pitch just in general you know the facilities you know, they're being worked on we're, we're getting movement on them again but it's, it's then to keep that ball rolling and keep it moving yeah. forwards and try to actually keep the momentum going not just being like cool we got a new thing and now we're going to sit on that for a while let's okay what's next how do we how do we keep making those steps towards you know being back in ehl potentially being one of the first not professional clubs i don't think that's ever really going to be in the wheelhouse for ireland it's not big enough but you know there was a time where we were one of the most professional non-professional clubs in the country can we get back to those sort of things um very intrigued to see and i think your experience is one of the key pieces to that puzzle in terms of how we move that forward um, sorry, there wasn't actually a question in that. I realized at the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cut. Um, 
but no so yeah so look we're gonna wrap it up there we're at the end any any parting thoughts uh that you want to leave us with uh before we before we finish up no look i i said it to you at the start time i think i think this is a, a brilliant platform what you're doing i think it's it's so good and i've really enjoyed listening to previous episodes you know with with other guys like not like like obviously i know iggy so like you know like kind of put him on mute as much as i wanted but um you know but like getting to know other members in the club and getting to know this community and this great family that we do have and um, i think just like keep it going i think like this this like you just said you know this is something new and no other clubs in Ireland are doing this and, and you're doing this and you're starting, you're taking it off and look, uh, um, I'm all behind it. I think it's fantastic. I really appreciate that. Well, look, Al, thank you so much for your time. I think this may end up being our first two-parter because uh, it's, a, it's a long one, but I really appreciate you taking the time to, to do uh, it. And the time flew. I did like, I could sit here talking, man, I enjoy talking to you and I enjoy talking about this stuff. And I, yeah, I mean, look, I could talk about it for hours, you know. Yeah. No, you've been brilliant and and thank you again. Um so guys, we're going to finish it up there. If you enjoyed this uh this episode, please show us uh by hitting the like button, subscribing to our channel. Uh thank you so much for watching. I've been your host Simon Thornton. Join me next time for another Clubhouse conversation. Al, thank you so much. That was class. <laughs>